Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Board Game Specialists. I'm Carla. And I'm Melanie. And we are on episode 71. And today we are talking about our top nine games that play in under 15 minutes. Now, I know there's a ton of those type of games, but this list for me was pretty easy. I had about maybe 30 to, that I had chosen from. What about you, Mel? Did you find Yeah, this I was one? about that, that range as well for 30. Yeah. Uh, question for you though: When do you pull out your fifteen minutes or less games? Like, where do that fit in your hobby? Those usually we pull those out at the end of the night when mm -hmm. it, it's like with a game, like a group of gamers. But um, I never start with those games. I know some people say, "Oh, you can start with those if you're waiting for people to come." But yeah, I usually have them arrive with a game set up, like I have your game, and then that's kind of the end of the night. Um, but with my family, they do come out quite more often because they prefer yeah. those. There's less commitment for them <laughs> to play long, but then I can kind of get a few of those games in. So yeah, I, I really do love the, the quick games too, though. I mean, I love my heavy games. I love my hour long games, but these ones, I, I mean, we both, you and I love the card games, like mm -hmm. the quick card games, but I like the dice and card and tile, like all of it. So what about you? When did they come out for you? You know, like at one point we were getting into the habit of whenever we'd go to a restaurant, we'd bring a small game. Mm -hmm. So then you order your food, then you can play until your food shows up. So those have to be fairly quick games. Um, yeah. Those would show up there. Um, like at Melcon that we I had just a few weekends ago, we started off with a short game as people are still all arriving. And because it was like some would be a little later. So it's well, people arriving that we play a couple of rounds of smaller games. Um, I kind of agree with you at the end of the game. Say, like, okay, well, we have a little bit of time. What else do we want to play? And then like as a palate cleanser between big games. Oh, yeah, so that's just a good like, idea too. Okay. That one was big. Let's play something simple mm -hmm. or easier or shorter to kind of... And yeah. then, okay, okay, let's pick the next big game. So yeah. I, I've seen it used that way. And then, of course, like you're saying, like with family and that sort of stuff. So depending on the group you're playing with, like especially with non-gamers, um, these type are easy to kind of get to the table and get a few so for uh, a game night with uh, people that aren't really gamers. These would be like the, the ones I would play, yeah. Yeah. And conventions are a good time, like in between a couple heavy games, you've played two or mm -hmm. three, you need to give your brain a little bit of break and just have some fun and yeah, not have to think so much. But mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it. Okay, well, what have you been playing lately? So, um, Roxley Games contacted me a little while ago and said, Hey, Melanie, can we count on you to help us at the booth for GameCon? And I was like, sure what's GameCon? So I hadn't heard of GameCon before, and that's because it's the very first GameCon Canada convention that they held in Calgary. Um, and I mean, this event was was big. And like, I love Falcon. I, I love Falcon. That's still my favorite event. Um, but Falcon is a, like everybody kind of gathers. There is a bunch of games being taught. There's a bunch of tables set up and you go to play games, which is, Great. That's what I want to be able to do. Sit down, play games. This one had a, a very convention. It is a strict board game right? convention. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. you have like the auctions, you have like a few things you can sign up to learn different mm -hmm. tour, like games that are being taught. 
Um, but it's all about going to play board games, which is what I, I want to go to Falcon for, to go and play board games. GameCon was more about the exhibitors. So they had Falcon there. They had Calgary YYC there. So there was definitely tables available and board game libraries available to play board games. Um, this one here had a lot of board games, a lot of Warhammer, and then a lot of video game as well. Um, but it was like more an exhibitor's convention. So you had lots of different booths. Um, I was working the, the Roxley booth and then we were teaching how to play uh, Dice Throne and Santorini and Radlan. And then they had Skyrise there, the new, the newest Kickstarter that's about to come. And it's funny, like you show me the retail version and the deluxe version and it's like, oh. you got the deluxe, <sighs> right? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the deluxe coming and it looks amazing. And then what they had there, apparently they've upgraded further. So it's even better than what they had on display there. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, because you're getting so many complaints. <laughs> like It's an amazing looking game. And apparently there's been more improvement to it since, um, since the Kickstarter. So I'm super excited to see what comes. Um, and it was super neat because Nate uh, Chatelier and... Um. Oh, flip! What's his Tremblay? What's his <laughs> name? What is? It? Oh, Manny Tremblay was there. The oh, designers okay. of Dice uh, Dice Throne. So it was kind of like, oh my god, let me take a selfie. It was like, Fan it was just so cool. <laughs> uh, Gavin Brown was there as well, which is also one of the designers for the Dice Throne season one and season two, uh, and the Marvel one. And then uh, Gordon was there, the designer of Santorini. And then they had the new Santorini there as well, which looks amazing. Because you got the Santorini, and then they have, like, a book that makes it a co-op campaign. And so it looks super cool. And, yeah, so Gore was there as well. Um, it was just a neat event. But, anyway, so the whole time I was there, I was teaching Dice Throne. I got to play Dice Throne one time when I was teaching it because most of the time there was two people, and they would play each other, and I would just kind of help them along. Then this one time I got to play, and I crushed him. <laughs> 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 and how oh, no. about Roxley with that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love this game? Don't you want to get? Yeah. I knew. I mean, it was great. Like at the end, there people be like, "Okay, I want this game," and they had sold out of all the the battle oh, chests. Nice. So the season one, the season two, and the Marvel battle chests were gone. Then Adventure, uh, Dice Throne Adventure was sold out as well. They were still like they were. Um, I mean, Roxley was great. They were still selling it. Says, "Okay, we you, we can still sell it to you." And we'll ship it to you, no fees. So no no oh, charge nice. for the shipping. So that that was really nice. And then they had like the... Because you can buy Dice Throne like as a two-character set. Mm -hmm. So they had a few of those. But I think eventually they sold out of that too. So nice. um, it did really well. Because Nate and Manny and Gavin and a bunch of other people, I think, went on the stage. And they played Dice Throne on the stage. And it was so cool. And a bunch of people afterward came to the booth as like, you gotta show me this game, <laughs> like so. Yeah, it was it was neat. So I played that. Then I played Mexica. I've had Mexica for a while. I had been wanting to play it. I have to Cal as well, which I still haven't played. Um, but I have to Cal first edition, Mexica second edition. So my box don't match. It really bugs me. Oh no! So eventually, I'm gonna have to upgrade my to Cal. I haven't and then come across in that series. There is a third that I don't have. I don't know what it's called. 
But so I played the Mexica. And actually, it's funny because I opened Mexica. I set it up. Okay, first of all, component. Oh, my God. These are gorgeous. Like, it looks like they're going to be little, I don't know, terracotta, like, feel like a ceramic feel. But I think they're plasticky, but they look like ceramic. Little temples. And you have different level ones. Um, this is an area control game. Like, you will place, build canals to break down the land. And then you have these tiles that I have, like, a requirement. So, I need to, it needs to be, like... Uh, an area of nine tiles. So then you're placing these these canals, trying to create a cluster of nine, and then you can put that token on it. And whoever kind of creates and claims that location, puts the token, gets the first sets of score on it. But then it's going to score at the end of first round and at the end of the second round, and you need to build temples. And whoever has like the most interest in those different uh, segments has like the most value of temples, basically, because there's a value of temple one, two, three, and four. And you can add multiple ones, right? So you could have two ones and one three. So you have an interest of five in that particular area. Um, and But like each turn, you get six action points. And depending on the action, you do how much it costs in action points. And then you take turn going back and forth, creating these clusters and trying to take ownership and then like the second round I just went to the clusters that are already there that I didn't have the most interest in and just started putting temples in those and and Lee was like oh I see what you're doing there and he's like <laughs> trying to go and do the same thing to the other ones that I had because like, okay well I see you got a 13 so it's gonna store score 13 unless I go and I put a temple then I take the lead there then I would get that 13 anyways I lost by three points but it was good. It's such a neat game. Have you played this one? No, I haven't. Oh, Mexico. yeah, it's neat. I really, really liked it. So that was Mexico. How about you? What have you played lately? Um, well, before I talk about that, you have to talk about one more game you played. Oh, that uh, I really like. The, a bunch of those right now. I just wanted to hear. What oh, the cold case about. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was so good. Okay, so. I have seen the cold case one at Walmart. They're like, there's like, was the one there. And then I'd be like, ah, I don't know. Like, you can never tell at Walmart. Is this actually a good game? Or is it like... Oh, that, Walmart is the unsolved case file one. Oh, it's, that's different. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're, so, they're similar. They're very similar. Oh, okay. So that's kind of what I thought it was. And then I found this one at um, a discount store. And it was for eight bucks. I was like, okay, I will try this one. Yeah. And then I took it home. It was my birthday, so I kind of treated myself. I got a bunch of new games and a bunch of new games coming. So I opened it. Oh, it was our birthday, actually, because we have the same yeah. birthday. That's right. So, yeah, happy birthday to us. Um, so I opened it, and it's a file folder. So I was like, yeah. okay. And then you, you open it further, and then there's newspaper clipping in there, and there's like... Uh, pictures of the crime scene in there and then you have like the transcript of how the uh, interrogation has gone yeah. along with a picture stapled to like the whole thing yeah. and it's all in the file folder like but it's so freaking thematic like uh -huh. this is a cold case here's the file like i i stopped and took a video of it i was like oh my god i'm like <laughs> so impressed with it and then you kind of go through all read all the different interviews you review all the information about the case and then um, it tells you like there's a letter at front like here's what we need to figure out like who did it how did they get there how did they leave and there was money missing what was the money used for like so 
We kind of go through the entire case, and afterwards you go online, and you enter your questions, and then you can kind of see how you did. Um, and actually, I ended up doing pretty good. It was, but I was like, "Oh my god, I need more." It's <laughs> yeah, like I, I need more of these. They're very addicting. Yeah, it I've was so neat. About a, uh-huh. I've probably done about a hundred of them now, <laughs> <laughs> and I have a bunch to do still. But yeah, I'll have to lend you some of mine because. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, it made me go and download the, it's like Tiny Room app or something where you got to figure out, like, as a phone app, like, figure out how you make it through the room and stuff. So, but yeah, I was like, okay, I need more. And I was like, maybe I should buy this. I was like, okay, wait, I have Sherlock Holmes consultant detective here right now. I was like, I'll just do that. I'll start going through those. And they're similar. Yeah, those are. I find those really hard. These ones mm-hmm. feel more realistic in our time because it's I think like so. totally stuff that can happen and you can relate more to it. But uh, I do still like those too. But yeah, I know. But yeah, it the was ones so at good. Walmart are good. They're a little bit harder than that one. Oh, okay. Step up. Yeah, but they're really good too. They're all yeah. I was so like, good. I haven't. Mm, really I don't know. Is it any good? What is it gonna be yeah. like? So I, I had held back with the Walmart yeah. one, and then I was like, when I saw it, like, okay. That price, I'm going to try, but yeah, it was, it was, and it was just, to me, it was like the whole package, how you have yeah. like the interview with the picture of the person they're interviewing stapled to the side, and yeah. I was like, this looks so incredibly thematic, and then you had like, oh, so-and-so did a statement, so you have the statement in there, and there's the autopsy report was in there, like it was, oh my god, I was it impressed. It looks very real, like you it, really yeah. feel like a detective having to figure it out, yeah, it's really Yeah. Cool. Well, on that note, I actually bought a board game called Case File, Truth and Deception. How is that? I saw it. (laughs) I seen this one coming out and I saw it on Board Game Bliss and on Amazon. And then also on Amazon, it was on sale for like 20 bucks. And and it's brand new. I'm like, what? That's weird. Maybe it's not good. But I'm like, (laughs) yeah, see what it is now. It, It started at like 35 and then it was more there than on Board Game Bliss. But anyway, so... I'm like, oh, I'm just going to give it a try. If not, it's brand new. I could sell it, you know, for a decent price. And I knew it was just a deduction game. It's not like you're doing case files like the one you just talked about. It's strictly like a deduction game, but it's pretty neat. We uh, played it as a three player, like with my game group. And then I played it with my family and my family absolutely loves it. And what you do is you have these boards in front of you and you are trying to find, figure out the motive the location, the person, and the weapon. So you have these columns of all those different things. So everybody has one of these fold-out cards where they flip up and you can't see what everybody's writing on. And then you have this deck of cards. So you're going to, just like Clue, sort them all out into categories, shuffle them and pull one from each, and then stick it in this little file folder. Shuffle up all the cards, and then you each get a hand of five cards. So on your turn... Well, first of all, the cards you have, you're going to check off just like in any kind of deduction that, you know, game, you already have them in your hand. So they're not in the folder. You know, those are not the, uh, the evidence that was needed for the crime. So then you can ask on your turn about three different things on the board, three of anything. You could ask all like three different types of people or three completely different things. If anybody has those things, they can tell you, okay, I have three points worth because each card on it will have a one, a two, or a three. 
So they could say, I have three points worth and you would have to trade them back. Now that's a similar thing to awkward guests. I believe that's what you had to do. Same kind of thing. Like I have four point value and then they would have to trade you four points back. But in this one, there's also some false evidence that is shuffled into those cards. And those, most of them are just like trash cards. But if somebody asks for something and you have it, you can give them that plus a false evidence. So I could say I have four value. They trade you something with four and you give them one of the right things and a false evidence. So they're stuck with that card now and you have new evidence. Although they could have given you false evidence too. But on some of those false evidence cards, it'll let you, instead of doing a turn, you can... Um, put your your whole hand down and grab five new cards. You can um, make all the detectives trade cards like, you know, counterclockwise or clockwise. You can actually, there's one that you switch boards. So it could be like near the end of the game and you don't have anything and somebody's all smug going, oh, I'm so close to it. You switch boards with them, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> it was so funny. I did this with Cherry because yeah. she takes really good notes. And I grabbed her board and I'm like, the hell is this she put it all in code like she didn't even know that was a card I didn't know it was a card either but I'm like she goes can you read that I'm like no she goes I, I put it in code I'm like what the heck so I kind of figured out some of it but anyway with my kids I did it one time and I was thinking I think I opened my mouth and was like, oh, I'm close. And then I'm like, oh, they're going to, someone's going to have that card and they're going to steal my board. So I quickly marked all of the ones, like changed up the board to totally mess them up in case they stole my board, but they didn't end up doing it. But it's, it's so fun. Cause then once you get to the end of the round, the yeah. main person has to roll a dice and whatever evidence shows you have to show everybody that evidence. So then everyone can see it. And then you draw up or down to five cards. So it kind of, it takes a little while to get, um, to deduct like what it could be down to, but kind of, you're kind of all near around the same point at the end where you're close. And if you choose to guess it, then you circle one of each thing and you say it out loud what you think it was. You grab the folder and look, and if you're right, you win. If you're not, you just close it back up and don't tell them which one was wrong. And then you're out of the game. Right. Right. It's just like a real simple, I would say like um, Sherlock 13, maybe va uh, ramped up. Oh, okay. Bit. Yeah. But uh, it's like. But when you can play again. Game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because you, you just shuffle up the cards. And the false evidence gives you a bit of, you know, fun because you can make somebody not be able to trade. So if you know somebody's really close, you can play this card and it says, oh, you don't allow that trade and then it'll take three turns for them to get back because then you know oh they might have guessed next time at least I have one more round to figure it out but I, we liked it it was fun um <laughs> another one that I played was um now this one's not really an escape game but it's uh in kind of that genre it's called echoes now okay. it's kind of uh, echoes they made these games um now, I'm not sure who the designer was, but kind of like in the same realm as, you know, Unlocks and all those things. The only thing is it's an audio one. Oh, and right. So, so remember when Matthew was telling us he wants us yeah. to do this audio? Well, there is this little series out. This isn't the one he's doing. But so I'm like, I really want to try one of these. Well, Cherry had one. So we tried it. So 
it, you have to use an app and you have, it's just cards and you have to figure out the order of all these cards and the chapters for them. So you you listen, you can like scan each card and then it, it'll give you like, you know, someone will talk and say something and then you're like, okay. And then you scan a few other cards and then you're like, oh, okay, I think this goes after this. This one goes before that. And this one is the beginning of the chapter. So once you think you've figured out each chapter, because there's three cards in each chapter, you'll scan them to see if you're right. And it'll tell you, um, no, okay, you got that. those two right. They're in the right chapter, but in the wrong order. So kind of like a mastermind thing, but it was really cool because ours was called Cocktail. So it was all about this bar, like this, um, you know, noir, what do they call that? Um, where they the were... The Chronicles of Crime? Yeah, kind of. And then... Uh, they were trying, there was like a heist coming and they had to all run from the bar and someone was, you know, planting these things and trying to uh, um, capture, uh, she said like the bartender sent out someone to do all this nasty work. And so you had to put these all in order and it was really cool. I, I love that kind of stuff in puzzle games when you have to order things out mm-hmm. and listen, you have to listen carefully because sometimes you're like, oh, I Okay, I didn't hear that. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, the music from that one was the same in this one. So these are definitely together. Oh. Is it first or second? But I wonder if I would be to... any good at that. That just sounds harder. No, I think you would be really good at it. Mm. Like, yeah, it's... Uh, I it should point really out neat. I'm half deafs half the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't play it with like, I think two, maybe three people max. Right. I don't think you'd want to play it with a whole bunch because if people were talking, you'd be like, shut up, I got to play it again. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was neat to try those. I think there's four in the series right now and uh, you can get them like anywhere almost, I think. But yeah, so those were two that I played. Nice. But let's get to our top nine. Yeah. What is your number nine? My number nine. That's funny. We we're just before we started. I was like, do you think we have any crossover? And we think maybe one, maybe two, but yeah. probably not much more than that. So my number nine is Coup by Ricky uh, Chata that was published in 2012. This is one that we play regularly yeah. um, with the kids. Like they just love it. There's like, you, so they'll play up to six. Um, what's interesting with this one is everybody gets two cards and you keep them face down and you look at your card and depending on who you are, what your abilities are, one of them, uh, gives you the ability to collect more coins on your turn. One of them is like your, um, the Contessa or like there's different roles and you just each roles do different things. So then on your turn, you'll be like, wait, well, I'm going to collect three coins because I'm the Duke. And then I look at my cards. Why? have one duke there's more than one duke in the game i think there's like two or three it's like are you though like so you could (laughs) you you could be like i don't think you are the duke or but like are you going because if you're contested say okay i don't think you are then they would have to reveal that they are in fact a duke now if they're not the duke then they lose that card but if they are the duke you lose one of your own card and you only have the two and it's kind of a last man standing game, right? So you just kind of start going around eliminating because eventually as you collect coins, if you have enough coins, you'll murder other characters and then they can't really stop it. Um, there's the assassin, but if you have like the Contessa, the Contessa can stop the assassin. But if you don't have an assassin, you're not going to like, but then there is where oh, you, yeah. you do the coup and then like, so then they can't, 
they can't avoid that one. You they've destroyed one of your characters. So it's kind of interesting. But it's just like, hmm. Are you though? You know what? I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're lying. But I only have one card left, so I'm not gonna do anything about it. So you know, so it's just it's really interesting. And then playing with the game with the boy uh with the kids. Um, I think Nick is undefeated at this one still. Um, but it's just it's a just an interesting one. It's like Okay, I I don't think you are. It's like, and now it's like, okay, I'm just like, okay. Last round you said you were the Duke. The time before that you said you were the assassin, and now you're the Contessa. Like, really? <laughs> like, one of those is wrong. Like, so you can't completely lie. It's just kind of like I'm the Duke. Collect three coins, and it's like, okay. We all collected three coins, so that's five Dukes. There isn't five Dukes in the game, <laughs> like, or you know. So it's just, so it's just fun. interesting. It's a, uh, it plays real quick. Fifty minutes, of course. So that's our list. It plays yeah. super quick. So it's normally one that we'll do multiple rounds in a row. But it would be an easy one to just do. Like, okay, we got a little bit of time before. Like, let's just do a quick round. Um, and it has no setup. Like, it's just two cards, and then you have the coin. So it's easy to get playing. So that's my number nine coup. I've played Avalon, which is just the second version of this. Yeah, I have Avalon, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah. So I think it's the exact same, only different characters. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. All right. I just thought of another one that would have been perfect to, for our number nine, <laughs> and it's called number nine. No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't ever play number nine. List. Yeah. Have you ever played that? No, I've seen it. Oh, it looks interesting, good. but I have no yeah. idea how it plays. It's hard, but. Anyway, my number nine is Suro, made in 2005 by Tom Murchie. Now, this one plays from two to eight people, which I've never played at the higher player count. Yeah, I, I still think it would play under 15 because you'd just be knocked out that much earlier. Uh -huh. So what you are doing is you are building this board, basically, but you all start with these pawns on the out outside of the board, and you play a tile, and then you're going to move your little pawn around the tile wherever you've connected it to. And then somebody else will play um, a tile down and move theirs. Now, eventually, they will start running into each other. You just want to be able to stay on the board longer than anybody else. And you are trying to also connect it so that somebody has to... Because as soon as you connect the tile and it's neck, like somebody is in that line, they have to move through that line. So if you can get them to knock, get knocked off the board all the better because that's more room for you to move it's such a simple concept but the tiles are neat I've, I've only played it with two maybe three people still fun but it's just such a neat way to play a game when you literally you lay out the board and then you stack the tiles and you just go and you put your tiles down and it's fun to see how you can move your thing around because they're all like squiggly lines and you really have to think when you, you see your, because I think you get two tiles, you have to figure out which one to play um, and sometimes you're screwed and the only way to play it is to knock yourself off the board. So it's it's a fun kind of, you know, whimsical game, but that's my number nine, Suro. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, my number eight might be my most played game on my list. Um, when I first got introduced to this one, we played it nonstop for a week, every day. Um, and that's Bang the Dice Game. So Bang the Dice Game was created in 2013 by Michael Palm and Lucas Zach. And this is just a clever game. So you have a card that's handed out that you're going to have your identity. 
Everybody keeps that one secret unless you're the sheriff. The sheriff reveals who they are. And that kind of totally guides us to what your goal is. If you're a deputy, your goal is to help the sheriff and you're going to try to kill the outlaws and the renegade. If you're an outlaw, your goal is to take down the sheriff and the deputy. If you're the renegade, your goal is to be the last man standing. So you're just trying to be... So you're going to fake being an outlaw or being a, a deputy until... So kind of keep the sheriff's like, I have no idea who my deputy is until they call us and start shooting you. He's like, well, you're not a deputy. <laughs> um, It's just a neat game. So then... And then you also have like this extra character that have like a special ability, which you could play without if you wanted to make it a little bit faster, more streamlined. But then it's a Yahtzee battle game. You roll the dice and then you have up to three rolls, depending on what you roll, what you can do. Like if it has a target with a one inside, you get to shoot one person one space away, either to your right or to your left. If it has a two, then you're going to shoot one person one time, two space away to your right or two space away to your left. And then you're kind of rolling after three rolls and what you got say, okay, well, I shot you once, I shot you twice, uh, and then I got a beer mug. And the beer mug is your health, so if you take a beer mug, you can replenish your health, which are bullets, so you would collect more bullets. You can also say, okay... Well, I'm concerned because the sheriff is not doing too great health-wise, so here's a beer mug for you because I'm your deputy, wink, wink. Uh, maybe you are, maybe you're not, right? Like, so you can kind of <laughs> try to act like you are. But And then there's the arrow. So if you roll an arrow, you have to take an arrow, which doesn't do anything until the last arrow from the middle of the table has been taken. So then however many arrows you have, you take that many hits. And put them back in the middle. And then the arrows get distributed again if you roll an arrow. Um, it's just such a neat, neat, neat game. We played it at last, like, one time we played it at Christmas at Lee's My Parents. And I had bought a few games. And we started with Bang the Dice Game. And we didn't play anything else. We just played, like, a <laughs> dozen games of Bang the Dice Game. They loved it. It was just like, okay, again. Okay, one more time. It was like, okay, let's play some more. And then it was, it was just neat. It's just, and that fine, like... That will happen with Bang. Mostly when you choose, like, okay, I think I got it now. <laughs> like, I played it with my my cousins that first time. And then my cousin's boyfriend's next to me. And then he's like, hey, I'm not sure what's going on. And then all of a sudden, like, he, he shot the sheriff. I'm like, oh, okay. And then this one was like, well, it's figured out. And then, like, yeah. everybody shoots him or whatever. He's like, oh, I don't think I did that right. And he shows me his card. He's the deputy. But oh, he's no. just like, why are you shooting the sheriff then? And he's like, I'm not sure what I'm doing. So, but it, it's just such a neat, fun game. That's my number eight, Bang the Dice game. I really like the fact, too, that, I mean, it's not like you just go around picking on someone. It's you're, you need to play your role. You need so Oh, yeah. You can't yeah. just be like, oh, I'm just going to, you, I'm going to shoot you. Like, you really are doing it for a purpose. So yeah. you can't just, like, I mean, you know, my son would just gang up on my husband or something, but he would have to do yeah. it for a reason. So I like that. I don't get to play this ever. I want to play it. I have oh, it. Oh, it's I have fun. The I love it. Because <laughs> the expansion adds the ghost something where the like first person who dies yeah. gets to come back. <laughs> do, yeah. I don't know what he does. but I don't have um, that one, but, yeah, I hear good things yeah. about the expansion. Yeah. And then there's a duel. Did you ever play the duel? Yeah, no, I saw that there's di uh, yeah. Bang the Dice game duel, so it's like a two-player version. I, yeah. I I want to play it. Yeah. I just don't. Oh, you know what? 
I wrote like 670 board games. And yet my wish list just keeps growing. I know. It's like. You keep making more games. At some point I should be like, I have all the games I need. Yes. I don't know what that number is going to be, but. Never. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, my number eight is No Thanks. And this is by Thurston mm. Gimme made in 2004. This is another yeah. a large player count, three to seven. This one, we used to play camping all the time with the kids. And I still love it. Haven't played it for a while, but. I just love the game. I've, I've actually, I, no, I've played it on Board Game Arena. Play it tons on there. And all you do is you have this small deck of cards. Um, I feel like it goes one or two to 37, maybe. And you take out seven cards. Maybe it depends on player count. And you put them aside and you don't use those. So there's cards in the deck that you don't know are missing. And then all you do is you flip open, flip a card. You decide if you want to take that card or pass. If you pass, you will put a chip on it. Now, if it's a high number, you would, at the beginning, probably want to pass because you don't want to start with a high card because the whole point of the game is to have those little points as possible. So you start with a certain number of chips, depending on player count. And so if you don't want it, then you will put a chip down, then it goes to the next player. If they want the card, they'll take it and the chip, or they'll put another chip on it. It can go around and around, and everyone just keeps putting chips on it until finally there's 20 chips, and you're like, well, I'll take the card, because I got 20 chips. Because the chips will come off the amount that your cards are. So those are positive points kind of thing. And you just go around until all the cards are played. And the thing is, if I have grabbed cards, say I grabbed a 12, 13, 14, 15, I only count my lowest card as long as it's in a chain. But if I had a 12, 14, 16, 19, well, I'd have to add all those up. So you are hoping to get these cards that will fit in between some of your um, chains that you have but remember there's cards that are out of the deck you don't know which ones are missing so it's mm. it's a push your luck game but it's just funny because you'll go around and put chips on finally there's like you know 10 chips on a card and you can see you know somebody wants that card you're like you're just being a jerk you're just trying to make <laughs> us all your chips on and then someone yeah. will just take it out of spite but it doesn't help them so it's just a funny game but it's it's such an easy concept too and that's my number eight. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks is so good. Yeah. Mine is kind of like, it's not big box, but it's a bigger box. I've seen it where it's like in a small card box. It would be easier to travel with. But yeah, it's but those one chips and I have the small one and the chips are like the old bingo chips. Yeah, I have chips. like a medium sized box and then the chips are like the black rounded black. Yeah. Like they're really neat looking chips. Now. Yeah. I love the of those <laughs> chips. You know, sometimes like the the components will just like, I don't think it'll break a game, but it'll definitely make a game. Be like, oh, yeah. Ooh, that's the one with the really neat chips. Okay. I'm buying that. So, here's the old one. Yeah. Oh, they really Take are the tiny little chips. bingo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look how thin the deck is. It's like barely any cards. In the deck. That's yeah. That's tiny. Yeah. Cause the one I have, like it's a most big, tarot cards almost yeah. and like they're bigger cards but it's mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a lot of fun yeah i found the bigger one at a thrift store so i'm like oh yeah oh yeah that. done mm -hmm. nice okay my number seven is a game that you introduced me to and that's birds of a feather western north america it was published in 2022 by teal freesto 
Um, this one is just such a neat game. It's such a simple concept game. Although the first time it's like, I have no idea what you're trying to sell me to, to do. But you'll just kind of like mm. randomly, everybody draws a card or not even draw a card. You pick a card and you put it face down and then we all reveal it at the same time. And if you have any location match, because you'll have different cards for each location. One will be like a one egg symbol, a one fe feather symbol, two, three feather symbol. Then you have like a one wing and a two wing and the claw. But they're all like at the forest location. So, or, you know, so you have like the forest location. You'll have like the the sea location. You'll have the swamp locations. There's just different locations. So if I flip one and it's like, okay, well, this is a forest location. Oh, I see that Carla also played the forest location. Well, then I get to check off my card that I've, got my card but i get to check off the card that carla played because it matches the location now if the other two cards did match the location okay i don't get to do that but maybe they match and it's like the c locations and there's two c locations two forest location i've already counted the forest location you know i'm count i'm playing a c card next to be able to try to get the c cards because the card you play goes in the middle and you play the next one then those are removed and your your current card goes in the middle, and you play the next one. So you cannot constantly push to the middle and remove what's um, what was already there, and then kind of add cards. And you're just trying to match the the location so you can count the cards. Some cards are going to be worth one point. Some are worth two points. If you have the whole set, you get a bonus three points. But if somebody plays the claw or like it's uh, the hawk or something, it'll chase away. The raptor, yeah. Yeah, the raptor. So it'll chase away the other birds that are in the middle from that location. So it's like, okay, great. There's two ocean cards. I've already claimed the forest card. I'm playing an ocean card, so I can go <laughs> and claim that. But Carla played it too and chased all those other birds, so I don't get to claim those ones. Yeah. It's like, oh, are you kidding? So goodbye, you know, two feather. Goodbye, two wings. But at least I would get to claim Carla's uh, raptor card. So I would kind of check that off. But it's it's just such a neat concept. Super simple game. Um, at Melcon, we started with this one. But it's like, okay, again. <laughs> it's like we've yeah. played it a couple of times. So yeah. uh, so good. My number seven, Birds of a Feather, Western North America. So I'm assuming there's like an original Bird of a Feather. I'm assuming I think, it yeah, plays like the it's, same. It's quite older. I'm not sure if it plays the same. I feel like it does. But they remade yeah. this one. and Yeah. Right. All right, my number seven is Point Salad, made in 2019 by Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, and Sean Stankovich. This one is also a two to six player count. And the one you just listed, I think, goes up to seven. So, so far, these are like all kind of, you know, large player counts, which is really mm -hmm. neat to play in 15 minutes. Yeah. This one is a card game, and you just have fruits and veggies, and... You have them in a grid, I think it's a three by three, and all you do is choose two cards. Or from the top, you will choose, because they're flipped on the other side, which is the goals on them. And then uh, six of them are flipped over and you just have the veggies or fruits. So you can either choose two veggies or fruits or one of the goal cards. And you're basically just making your own scoring um, game. Um, so you can choose a scoring card and then next time choose fruits and veggies because the scoring card might say, um, all your carrots are worth two points, so you're going to try and collect all the carrots. Or you might have one that has three different types on, and they're all worth a different point value. 
there's different ways to go about it. You can start off by getting like five point cards and then going for the veggies, or you just get a whole bunch of veggies and then get the point cards. But if you get the point cards first, somebody else knows what you're going for. And then they're going to be like, well, I'm just going to take all those. But the nice thing is at the end of your turn, you can always flip one of your scoring cards over to its veggie side, veggie or fruit side. Mm -hmm. So if some of them are worth negative and you're kind of stuck with all those, you can flip that one back over. It's another really simple concept game, but plays so fast. Even with the high player count, I have played it with a high player count and you just have less cards. So you'll have a lower score, but with less people, you'll have more cards. You do take some out with um, less people, but still plays so fast and it's awesome. I love it. And there's a new one coming out called Point City. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit vamped up a bit, a little bit more complicated, but this one was awesome. So I'm looking forward to that one. But that's my number seven, Point Salad. My number six is Point Salad. So same as Carla. Um, this one was published in 2019. I'm not sure if she mentioned that already. Uh, created by Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, and Sean Stankovich. Uh, Stankovic. Um, I mean, it is good. It is so neat. It's so simple. It's a super simple game because you got your three stack. You got the two flipped over. You take two vegetables. Depending on which location you point, then that gold card would flip over, become a vegetable, or you take the gold point. But what's interesting is the gold points will have some will give you positive points. Some will give you negative points. So be like, okay, great. I like tomatoes. I like carrots. I don't like lettuce. So you're trying to not collect lettuce. You're trying to collect the other ones. But then you'll have other cards. So you're trying to get goals that'll work with each other. So it's like, great. Carrots give me one point here. And they give me three points there. And if I match them up with the peppers, and I get more points over here. So you're trying to create combos so that you can kind of score the same vegetable multiple time. We played this one regularly, fairly often. Um, I played it with Patrick. Well, 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 it was like the whole family, but Patrick played it collecting only carrots. He wouldn't collect any vegetables, just carrots. And he won picking just carrots at points out. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, nope, just carrots, carrots. But he had collected so many goals where carrots were worth, like, I think each carrots give him, like, eight points. And he had, like, almost oh, all no. the carrots. We played this one time. You guys all pet him? We weren't trying. We were trying to stop him, but. Um, <laughs> you know, you I let put, him have all the carrots. That's oh, yeah. I just, you just, yeah. It just worked out that way. We're like, okay, I'll take this one. Then a carrot would flip over. So it's like, well. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, I played this one with Patrick Quinson. We forgot to take the cards out. <laughs> the two player oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, like, why is there so many points. cards? <laughs> like, so yeah. Oh yeah. Whoops. Um. But yeah, no. This is great. I am excited for Point City. So that was mm -hmm. our first crossover. Point Salad. Oh, awesome. Perfect. My number six is Lucky Numbers. This is made in 2012 by Michael Shot. Shot. Made it. <laughs> <laughs> I might have said that wrong. It's a two to four player game. Now this one is literally could be a five minute game. It's so fast. You all have these boards in front of you with these grids, um, empty spaces on them. Mm -hmm. And you pull these chips from the middle. You all have a set of chips from one to 20. So if there's two players, you would grab two sets and then you um, shuffle them all up and flip them over and you'll all grab four of them. And you have to place them all diagonal from the top left to the bottom. 
And then the whole point of what you're doing is you're just trying to range all these numbers so that they go from highest to lowest, left to right. So, and how I mean that is like a one could be on the top left and then a 10 in the far right. But underneath, you could have a two under that one, but you couldn't have another two. Like, so you have to go lowest to highest, left to right, and up to down. Doesn't oh. matter diagonal. Okay. But so you might start out with your diagonal. You might have a 10, a two, a one, and a five, and then you got to get those off your board. So you, you, you'll pull a tile and you'll put it on your board or exchange it with one you have. So say I pulled a 20, well, I would like that in my bottom right corner. But um, if there's something there, I will take that tile off and it'll go in the middle face up and anybody else can grab it. It's really easy rules. That's it. That's all you have to know about it. But it it sounds really easy too. But once you kind of get your board maneuvered to how you want it, the diagonal, um, then you're limited to what you can put on your board. It's really fun. And it's on BGA. It's a mm. totally easy one to try on there because it's uh, um, like, a again, a five-minute game. This was remade, though. I have it circled on 2012 because there was another version of it. And it was like, I'm going to look it up right after this. It was really old. So I haven't seen what that looked like, but I'm going to have to look. But it's uh, it's a one you've got to try because I know you would like it. I feel like you would really like this game. Yeah, I don't think but I've, I've heard played... of this one before. Oh, really? I think right. this was my most played last oh. year. I might not have put it on my most played list because a lot of it was on BGA. Right. But I do have the actual board. Next time we game, I'll bring it because we can play a game. If I yeah, can. yeah. But uh, it's awesome. And that's my number six. Lucky numbers. Perfect. My number five is a little... Well, okay. Five and four is probably a bit of a cheat because, yeah, it plays in 15 minutes. Chances are you're playing more than one round. So it <laughs> probably would be more than 15 minutes. But to do one round of this game is 15 minutes. And that is Magic Maze, um, published in 2017 from Casper Lap. And this one is interesting. Like the first... When it was first explained to me, it's like, oh, this game is so good. So in this game, you don't talk. My sister was with me. Both of us were like, yeah, we're out. So no, no, it's really good. It's like, no, we talk. We, we don't not talk. <laughs> so it's the French in us. Um, but it's interesting because you have this, well, you don't have this board. There's no board to begin with. You start with the tile. There's four characters on the tile. You don't play as one of the characters. You play as one of the directions. So maybe I play moving north and going up escalators. Because um, you're building this. You're going through the mall. You're four characters that just kind of went on a dungeon quest. And it didn't go well. And we lost all the weapons and all of our money. So we go to the mall. And we got to find the store that sells our weapon of choice each. So that we can steal it and get out before they call security. Because uh, we have no money. We have to go back to the dungeon to get more gold or something. So that's kind of like the idea behind it. But you start off. Everybody gets a card that tells you what direction you move. Okay, I go north. I go up escalators. Carla goes east. Somebody else goes south and, you know, so on. Okay, perfect. And then one person is also the person who will bring out new tiles. So you have to get your guy to a doorway. And then the person who brings out new tile 
will bring up the new tile. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to go up the escalator. Carla needs to move us east, okay? Then I'm going to move us north. And now we're at the doorway, so then the other person needs to bring up the new tile. The other person might not be noticing that we're at a doorway, <laughs> but you can't talk. You can't be like, hey, Steve, I'm at a door. No, you, like, it's just like, you just kind of like stare at him. Like, I need or you, you can to use do something thing. right you now. You can stick that thing yeah. in front of him. Or you. there's this big red token. Like this, like, um, like you're just a big red thing that you can yeah. put in front of you. It's like, I need you to do something right now. <laughs> and Steve could be like, what? <laughs> and he's yeah. like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, but, but you can't, you can't have this conversation. You're just like, I need you to do something. And then it's like, and you're like trying to, it's like, or, you know, like somebody's trying to concentrate on another aspect. It's like, well, I'm trying to get this character over here. Cause that's the mall he's supposed to be in. It's like, yeah, but the timer's about to run out of time. Cause there's a timer as well. You can't have this conversation, but there are spots on these tiles that it has like flipped the timer icon. So there might be like keep sending the guy over trying to get him to the his mall and he's staring at me like Melon and he needs to go north and I'm like, I'm not going north. We need to go east <laughs> to flip the timer. Like, but you can't have these conversations. It is hilarious. And then it's like starts with the first level, which is fairly simple. Then you go to the next level and then the next level. And each level introduces a new slight difficulty to it. Like one of them is every time, I can't remember, but we flip the tile so our location or the movement we control changes. It's like, yeah. oh, great, <laughs> now I, I'm i not going north and up escalators anymore. Yeah. I flip the tile and go east, but maybe I forget, so I'm not flipping the tiles, but I'm supposed to. Oh, yeah, that's me, right? Oh, sorry, because <laughs> it is it is neat. It is hectic. It is exciting. Um, It's just, it's fine. Like, it can be frustrating if you're one of those person who gets flustered and you're like, hey, quit slamming that red thing in my face. I've no idea what you want me to do. Like, But as a player, me and my sister had played with my sister-in-law and she remembered she goes up and down the escalator. She forgot she goes east. Oh, and we kept putting the thing. So she's moving the thing up and down she's the escalator. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what you want me to do. We never made it past the first level with her. We played that first level three times. But we laughed so hard. So she's getting frustrated. I don't think she will ever play this game again. But me and my sister had such a blast because we're laughing so hard. Because she has no idea what she's trying to do. And my brother is in the room not playing and he's taunting her. Well, geez, Janet, what do they want you to do? How come you just keep doing the same thing? <laughs> oh, my God. It was good. It was so much fun. We laughed so hard. she probably never play the game again. This is just a neat, chaotic game. But my number five, Magic Maze. <laughs> have you ever played this with Michael? No, I don't think I have. <laughs> you have to play with him. <laughs> oh, my God. We played at uh, uh, Godfest. Yeah. And there was, was there six of us? And he stands up and he's like, you know, we start playing. And then as, you know, as soon as you break for the next game, he'll like, he'll go, okay, you need to get this. We need to get up here. We need to move those tiles there. This, go. And then we go, whoa, 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 what did you just tell us to do? 
<laughs> and then we're done that one. Literally has his speech. Go. Yeah. <laughs> he takes it so serious. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. We were just like, me and Ashley. I could see like, him being like that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it added so much. It was funny. You have to try it with him. Yeah. All right. I do love that game. I forgot to even put that on my list to, of this like i didn't even think of that one for 15 because we always play like five or six of yeah them, exactly but really one game is only 15 okay my number five is fantasy realms made in 2017 mm. by bruce glasgow and this is a two to five player i don't know if you've played this one yet but yeah i just love this game it i got to play in a tournament at Gobfest. Got my fill of it there. I think I played five or six games. It was so fun. But you are you start with a hand of cards and you will end up with that same amount. But what you're trying to do is get your best combo hand. And the game will end as soon as there are 10 or 12 cards out. I think it depends on player count that are face up. So how you do that, you start with none face up. And on your turn, you will pick up a card and then lay down a card. So you can either pick up from the deck or if there are some face up, you can pick up from there. So picking up face, picking the face up ones will lengthen the game because you are just trading a card instead of adding one. How you are trying to combo your cards is you have to read each card. Basically, some of them are like armies and they want to have a bunch of armies together. Some want leaders and some are um, weather that like storm floods and things like that and then some cards don't want other cards so they could be negative if you have those so you you have to be careful what you're collecting and what you're comboing because some can really hurt other cards where some can be very helpful it's just a big game of combinations and it's just so satisfying when you can get some really really big numbers like big points Sometimes you just, you know, there's a bit of luck because if you never pull cards that will go together, then uh, it just, it may happen. But you'll always get some kind of combination. It plays really fast. You can even, there's a two-player version of it that you can play with the main game and it works really well too. It's just played a little bit differently, but it's so neat. It's a fantasy theme, which isn't typically my theme. If they rethemed it, they could totally sell this to more people I, mm. I feel like because it could reach more um different likes but i still love it even with the fantasy theme and the newer version is the art is quite beautiful in it it's it's really neat it does have a little expansion which you don't really need it's not a necessary thing it adds a little bit to it but just the base game alone is awesome and that's my number five fantasy realms that is a good one um yeah bought it probably last summer and yeah. then kind of played it a few months ago, maybe six months ago. But it was like, oh, yeah. it's neat. It And then I, I had played Red Rising before playing this. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is like Red Rising. Because Red Rising has yeah. that one mechanism where you're playing cards, you're discarding cards onto the board, and you're like, depending on what you put in your hand, what how it'll affect your score at the end. It's like, this is a good combination to have. But like, so yeah, Fantasy Realm is just that mechanism pure. Like, it's it's yeah. neat. Nice. And Jamie Stegmeier, like who did develop um, Red Rising, did he blatantly said, "I have taken the mechanism from Fantasy Realms." He loves Fantasy Realms. Mm-hmm. He's played it lots. He even has like a promo pack of it, I think, in his um, Roll and Write game. I'm just blanking on the game now, but Rolling Realms. Has, 
Yes, Rolling yes. Realms. He has all his games in there. Mm-hmm. And then some of his favorite games, like Terra Mystica, is in there as well. And he has um, promo packs for those. But Nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. My number four is like my previous one, Magic Maze. It's one of those that chances are you're going to play more than just once. But the one round will play 50 minutes. You could play it just once. And that's Escape the Curse of the Temple. Uh, this was published in 2012 by Christian Abinson uh, Otsby. This is neat. So it's, you got to play, it comes with a CD. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a CD anymore. The music on there. You <laughs> find the the YouTube. I, I, I want to verify if they have an app yet that would kind of have that, but there's a YouTube that you can play the audio from. And the audio plays for 15 minutes. So you all start in the middle. And there's a tile on either, on like up, down, and side, side. And you need to go out in this temple. And in order to move into a tile, there's a symbol on it. So you need to roll all your dice. Once you get the symbol, you can move your guy over there. And then it, you roll a certain symbol, a certain symbol to bring in a new tile. Okay, great. I can put in a new tile. I'll put it here. And then so you're forming this maze as you're playing you're going around rolling the dice to get into the different areas you're looking for the areas that have the gems on it and when you get there if you are able to roll the necessary and then they'll kind of have different levels so if you reach this first level you get to put two gems but if you reach the second level you get to put three gems on it but if you reach the fourth level you get to put four gems on it (coughs) all these gems are sitting at the path out you can't exit with all the gems in the way, so you got to assign them to these other location. Now, sometimes it's like, okay, great, I have, I can't remember if it's five or six dice, let's say five. I have five dice. That to get the third level, I need six dice. So then you need somebody else to come in the same room as you, and you guys can roll dice together trying to get the necessary symbol to open. And you just free-for-all roll the dice as much as you can. It's It's messed up. My sister will roll her dice to the floor all the time. We give her dice range. She still did. Like, because she gets so into it that she's like, chucks them. I don't know. <laughs> but, and if they roll to the table, they're, they're, they're gone. Or like, if they're on the floor, they're, they're gone. But then some of the dice symbols are black symbol. And then they, they're locked. So you got to keep rolling in the hopes to roll a golden symbol, which will unlock up to two other dice. Say, so, okay, great. So you're rolling. Like, Darn it, I have all blacks. I'm stuck. Somebody come and save me. So somebody <laughs> needs to come into your room, roll a gold dice so that you can unlock some of your dice to try to get yourself unlocked enough that you can keep going in this thing. Then halfway through, there's a gong. And it's like, dong. And you have like 10 seconds to make it back into the middle to safety or otherwise you lose some of your dice. So you're like, oh shoot, gotta go back, gotta go. I'm so far away. <laughs> it's like, and then it, it'll kind of like after the 10, and then the music goes faster. Like, so you know, you're like, oh shoot. And then it's like, the music's going super fast and you're rolling your dice and you're not getting out. It's like, oh, I'm locked. And, and then finally, there's like three gongs. And if you didn't make it to safety, you've lost some dice. So it's like, oh my God, like the, your heart gets going. 
and you build the game as you play and you're trying to find all these locations so you can assign the gems so that you can find the exit and then so that there's not too many gems in the way because you got to roll so many symbols for uh, the amount of gems that are blocking your path. So if you roll more symbol than the gems, then you can get out. But it's impossible in the beginning because there's too many gems in the way. It is neat. It is very exciting. I got the big box version that has like all those different expansions that kind of <laughs> as I've never played past the first base game because it's hard enough with base, let alone start at because like oh, one yeah. of them had like these different tiles that after the gong, those location goes away. So you have to kind of mm -hmm. rebuild a temple as well. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, we're not getting out as it is. Like, <laughs> so it is, it's very much like Magic Maze in a way, yeah. but it like that in the feel that it creates, but it's not yeah. as in this is a dice chucker. You're just rolling the dice. You don't check. You can re-roll anything you want, except if it's a black dice, uh, just to get the symbols you need. It's like, oh, darn it, I re-rolled that. That was a symbol I needed. Okay, re-roll. It's like, it's it's hectic. It's it's neat. It's such a good game. That's my number four, mm -hmm. Escape the Curse of the Temple. Yeah, that one's really good. I like it. All right, my number four is Quantum, made in 2018 by Stefan Klob, Anna Opolzer, and Reinhard Stoke. This one is a two to four player game. It's just a dice game, just a tiny little roll and write. It's in like the Quicks series, oh, okay. the Quicks, Quinto, and then Quantum, I think was the third. Not, I don't think they're all the same designers, but it's kind of a, a line of, of just little, little tiny roll and writes. This one is my favorite of the three. And how you play this one is you have a hand of dice that you roll and then you um, clump them all into colors so they all have numbers on them but there's like five different colors I think so you'll put them all in colors and then you're going to choose one of the groups the the roller and then everybody else will choose another group the other people can choose the same group but they can't choose the the group that I chose oh. so you have to add up all the same colors and then you will put that on your player board now with this one you have to write down your numbers from left to right and you have to go from low to high but then in kind of the middle of the board there's like um, circles on each line and then so you'll go from low to high but from there on you go back down so you have to make sure you've like got you know a four seven eight ten and then you go back down so mm. you would really like that circle number to be as high as possible and then go down from there because you'll score at the bottom of the column your second lowest number so you don't want to have really no low numbers because then you'll have really low score down there so you but you don't want them too high because you can't get you know you might not roll all the dice in one color to get a real high number in those circles it's really tricky and um you kind of have to plan for it but it's neat because then as a roller you always have to choose something i think the people not rolling don't have to choose but if there's a roll that's there and you can't choose anything, you have to crop, put an X out in one of these um, x out spots and that gives you negative points at the end. You play until somebody has filled the board and that is usually not nearly all at the same time. Somebody could have their board complete and you're literally missing like six spots. And so you will not be scoring. If you have not finished a column, you'll get nothing for those columns. So this can really be like... Um, 
you know, an up and down game where someone just kind of runs away with it if they're just getting good lucky rolls or choosing the right combination of dice. I don't know what it is about it, but I just love this little roll, right? And that's my number four, Quantum. Nice. I haven't played any of that series yet, so we'll yeah, have oh, to put good. that. Yeah. My number three is our second crossover, and that's Zero. Uh, the Game of the Path. So it was created in 2005. It's also the oldest one in my list by Tom uh, McMurchy. And it is, like you said, it's just so neat. You're adding these tiles. You have this little stone that follows the path. And you're trying to add tiles so that you don't fall off the board or run into another stone. Because then you eliminate each other. And you're playing all these tiles. And then at one point it's like... Okay, the tiles, like, it's getting really busy here. I could play this, and you follow the path. Nope, that sends me over there. Okay, I play that. Nope, that sends me over there. Okay, what about if I pivot it this way? Oh, then I slam into you, and then we both die, and then oh, yeah. she wins. Or... Then you both die. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, right. okay, hold on. And you're looking at, like, okay, I could do this, and then I loop, and then I'm over here. Okay, so it's, like, it's, it's interesting. It's a very simple game. It's a neat game. Like it's because yeah. you're like, okay, what what am I gonna do? Hmm. Um, and it looks neat. Like those little stones you have has like the phoenix engraved in it or something. Yeah. And it's just a really good looking game. So that's my number three. Thorough. It's Suro. Well, I have our third crossover. Oh. My my number three is Escape the Curse of the Temple. Ah, nice. Yeah. And I don't even own this game. I played it so much. Um. I don't even know if we played at the cafe or just with friends that had the game from the cafe and we played it quite a bit, but oh, does this game get my heart racing? I keep having um, or putting into my cart the zombie version of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I, I just haven't pulled the plug yet, but I think I'm going to have to do it because I I'm, feel like it's going to be the same, only just with a different theme. And I mean, I really like the escape, the curse of the temple theme, but I would like to see how the zombie one is played. But oh, I just love this this game. That's my number three. Escape the Curse of the Temple. Very nice. My number two is um, one I've talked about before. And the first time, well, first, well, the only time I've played this one was with Michael. And that could add to the whole experience because I don't own this one yet. And that's Rail Pass. It's created in 2019 uh, by Ref Tom Green. And this one is, like, everybody has two trains in front of them. They're two little wooden trains. There's, like, spot that you can put cubes on it. And then there's a spot that you can put a little peg on it. That's your conductor. And you play as a player. So maybe I'm the yellow player. So I have on my cardboard the track, the, get the rail track, and then I have my two trains on them. One's a long one. One's a shorter one. And then on the top of that, I have the cargo and I'll have all bunch of cubes, but not any cubes from my own color. They're all different color cubes. And everybody who's playing has a different station of a different color. So I'm yellow. The person could be black. Maybe this person is blue. And then we have a red over there and there's a, you know, like all the different colors. And the goal is within 50 minutes, you need to try and get these cubes delivered to the station of the correct color. So any yellow cubes that makes it to my station gets unloaded on my station. Now, the trick is, first of all, the conductor cannot go more than two stations away from you. 
because he doesn't want to travel too far from home. So he can go to your station, he can go to this station on either side, and I think if he goes further, then he quits. So you, you lose your conductor. Now, any conductor can go anywhere, but they just can't go too far. So you got to keep that in mind. So maybe the train goes over to the next thing and they're about to change up. Got to change the conductor or, but I think it's two spaces. So it might be a little bit. <coughs> Second thing you need to keep in mind is a train cannot handle itself. So you can never let go of it. If it's on the station, you can let go. It's not going. But if you're sending it off to the person to your right or the person to your left, because there's certain path that you can go. Maybe there's a tunnel and you can actually send it to the person across from you as well. So, but then there's like different things where you can create blocks. Like, okay, great. Well, the person to my left is blocked to me, so I can't send that way. I can send to the right or I can send straight across, but I need to get him something. So I got to send it straight across so that it'll rope around back to him. And when you're unloading the cargo, you can only take from one end or the other. It's like, so you can't be like, oh, I need to send yellow. Go grab the yellows in the middle. You got to have to send the cargo until you get to the ones in the middle. And then, so you got the train. If you ever let go of the train, that train is gone. It's crashed and you toss the <laughs> cargo and the train in the middle. It's, it's gone. So you hold on to the train and then you push it to the person to your right and you say, choo-choo, or make some sort of train noise. So they know this train is here and I need you to hold on to it so I can let go and go do other things with my other train. And then they're doing their own thing and maybe they're unloading a train. Oh, okay. And then they grab your train so you can let go now. And they bring it in. Oh, but they'll have two trains in their station. So they can't bring that train in. So they need to send another train out. Okay, well, let me load this train. And I'll send it here. Choo-choo! So now they got two trains in each hand. And they can't let go and do anything else until somebody takes one of those trains. And But this guy is way too busy. It's like, okay, um, I'm going to need to send this back to you. Choo-choo! And it's like, so that I can go. It... <laughs> It is good. It is so, so good. Um, Not everybody likes that kind of game. It's a nerve-wracking game. And then at the end of the timer, you kind of tally up all the cargo that made it to the correct station, and you get to count that as a score. And depending on what you score as a team, how you kind of rank, it's kind of like, yeah, this was horrible. Um, (laughs) I've never, ever, ever played it where all the cargo got delivered. Um. And sometimes you get like these little 3D structure has like a bridge. So you have to physically go on the bridge just to make things a little bit more awkward. Choo-choo-choo! Okay, I'm on the bridge. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's so neat. I need this game. I want it. Um, and that's my number two, Rail Pass. Do they still make this one? Like, or is I it hope so. I hope so. It was published it in 2019, so it's not like it's a really oh. old one. It oh, should be. Old, no, yeah. For some reason, I thought it was older. Okay. No. Cool. Awesome. All right. My number two is a two-player game, which is the only one, I think, on my list here. Yep. And that is Botanic, made in 2021 by Frank Critton, Gregory Largi, and Sebastian Pouchon. This one... It gives me a feel of Lost Cities. Mm. And not just the two-player part of it, but it's a tile layer. And what you do is you each, or in the middle is this little board that has four tiles on it. And on 
either side of the tile are four spots. So I have four spots and you would have four spots. You, there's stacks of tiles over here and you will choose a tile and you will place it on the board. Now it has to go on the board. It can't be the same as anything else. So it can't be the same color as the one you're placing it in front of. It can't be the same shape. So what these tiles are, are they're machine parts. It's like a steampunk theme and you are building the, this machine that grows flowers and plants mm -hmm. or food plants, I think it is. And then there's these little steampunk people also that could be on the tile. So what you do is, like I said, you have to either, you have to place it on your side where it's not the same color or shape. And then once those are filled up, then you can start putting tiles in the middle. And when you put one in the middle, if it does match anything on either side of that tile, it will release them to the person. Like, so if I put one in the middle, that's the same color as my tile in front and yours, you they will release to you and to me. And I will have to place them on my tableau. And what you're trying to do is connect all these um, machine parts but you want light colors together because as soon as you get at least three colors together you will start to score them now some of them have different connections like one will have a complete cross so then you can connect it in four ways some will only have like an l like shape on it that an l pipe and so you have to make sure you put it in the right spot where you can connect it even if you connect it eventually, if you can put it somewhere touching another tile, but connect to it later. Some of these um, machine parts have flowers growing out of them. Those are worth big points if you have connected enough colors for that. So what the feel of Lost Cities is when you place those tiles in the middle, you can really screw someone by releasing them a tile that you know they don't need, but they have to place it. Or if you can see there's a tile they would really like because they need like some white flowers, you can grab that tile and put it on your side and they'll never get it. Now these little steampunk people, if you pull one of those tiles, they will, if you put it in the middle, you get to, or like it, depending how you get it, you get to use that part and you can put it anywhere and grab a part on the board that you like. So they are very valuable, but they, again, they have to match the color. It's very untalked about game and it's just <laughs> so awesome i love it so much and i don't get to play it that often but it's really cool and that's my number two botanic yeah you've played you talked about this one a few times and it's fun that like yeah. when i look say like, oh that one's there do i want it and then if i put it in well, yeah i just <laughs> haven't pulled the trigger yet um my number one is also a two-player only game uh it was oh. it's onitama it's created in 2019 mm -hmm. by Shinpei Sato. Um, this one is cool. Like, it's chess, simplified chess. But it's just, like, as kind of a tricky trying to outmaneuver your opponent. Mm -hmm. So what's neat with this one is you have your master and your four apprentice on your side. They have their master and the four apprentice. And your master kind of starts off on the temple. The goal is to either capture the other player's master or get your master in their temple, then you would win the game. What's interesting is you have a big pile of cards. You shuffle the cards. You deal two to the other players, two to yourself, one in between. Those are going to be the five uh, movements in the game. That's it. No more. 
you get those five movements only. Um, and they all have like animal names, like this is the monkey move, and they have the praying mantis, and then maybe the elephant between us or whatever. So, um, and on this card, it'll show like a black symbol. So that's the the character or the your yeah your character you're about to move, whether it's a master or an apprentice. Um, it can go in one of the colored tiles in relation to where that black tile uh, dot is so it's like, okay well I'm here so I can go two over or I can go one up one over um but I can't go here and I can't go there so you kind of like okay well with this one well I can't go there I already have a character there that's in the way I could go up there and then capture their apprentice I'll do that so I'll move there capture their apprentice the apprentice is gone from the board um then the the move card you selected to play goes in the middle and you trade off with the card in the middle. So now I have the monkey and the elephant and the praying mantis is in the middle and then they're going to play and then they're going to get the praying mantis. So all this is open information. You could be like, okay, well I'm going to move there because they don't have a card that can go there. So I'm going to be safe and I can try to capture this guy. So it's very strategic. It's a tiny little neoprene mat board. Um, it plays quick. It could plays really quick. Uh, but you're trying to like, okay, well, what can I do now? Because you only have the five characters. You only have the three, the two moves available uh, to you at the time. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to do this. And then I'm like, oh, no, I, I didn't see that they would do. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, so it's, I just gave you the win. <laughs> yeah. It's so neat. I really enjoy this game. That's my number one Onitama. And it's so pretty, too. You lay out this nice... Yeah, it's very zen-looking. are so chunky. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Good one. All right. My number one, I've talked about lots as well. And this one, it's kind of pushing it for 15, but I put it here because I only ever play it with two people. I don't know if four people you could get it in under 15, but this is Dice Miner made in 2021 by Joshua Deboni and Nicola Rustiki. It is a one to four player game. I have only, I think, played it with two and it, it's three rounds and literally five minutes around. Mm. You have this little mountain that you build up, depending if you have the deluxe version, it's a plastic mountain. I only have the base game or the, the, uh, just the, yeah, the base version of it, which is like a cardboard mountain, but it's still quite nice. Oh yeah. The cardboard version of it. And so you you will stack these dice on them. You kind of like just toss them on there and then they all stack up nicely. And on your turn, you just choose a dice. You can only choose from the top of the mountain unless you have a beer dice. But you'll choose a dice and then the next person goes. And if you happen to have chosen a beer, then the next time or any time after, you can roll it to another player and they get to use whatever you rolled and you get to choose two dice. But now you can choose from the top or the sides. So you can get some really good ones because what you want out of these dice, there's all different colors. The gold colored ones are all gems. The green ones are um, either the treasure chest, which lets you re-roll dice at the end of your round, or they have on them, the mat, no, the magic is blue. They have on them the deciding if it's a, like a shovel or a shield, mm -hmm. I believe. And what you need those for is the black dice because you're either going to roll um, dragons or I call them comets, but they're not comets. <laughs> it's, they're um, for, um, is it like falling rocks? Explosions. Yeah, falling rocks. Now, if you have any of those, 
you will want to have the shields and the shovel because if you have a bunch of dragons but you have shields you will turn them into positive points if you don't have shields they're all negative points and if you have shovels you will turn the rocks into positive points so you need to get those as well um there's also just plain white d6 dice that you're trying to just make runs of one to five or one to six i believe and if you don't have a one, you can't even start a run. So you might have a two, three, four, five, six, but you don't have a one, you're worth nothing. So you need a bunch of ones to start these runs. Now, at, there's also blue dice that are just have these little symbols on them and they're magic. And what the magic does is let you re-roll. So once you've drawn all the dice off the mountain, then you go into a magic phase where you get to re-roll as many dice as you want, depending on how much magic you have. And you can re-roll. So say you had a bunch of white dice, but you didn't get any ones. You get to re-roll some and hopefully you'll get ones and add to your runs. So once that's over, you add up all your dice. Um, your gems are worth uh, a point each, I believe. Your runs are worth the point value of each run. And then the same with your um, dragons and whatnot, depending if they're positive or negative. Then at the end of that round... If you had any treasure chests, you can save some of those dice. If not, you just roll them all and put them to the side. Grab more dice out of the bag and fill up the mountain and do the same thing again. So you're going to always have more. Um, each round will accumulate, but it's going to be worth more because you're going to get all those new dice and add them to the dice you just re-rolled. It's such a fun game. I I just love it. To me, it feels like what I used to love about Yahtzee as a kid, mm -hmm. just playing it, rolling dice. And, but this one is, it's so fun and just makes it so much more interesting with all the things you can do. I have recommended this to everybody, I think, but I still love this game. And that's my number one, Dice Miner. I own this game. And every time you talk about it, I was like, oh yeah, I should pull that out. And then I, I still have it. But now you put, talked about it. You haven't like, played it yet? No, no, I've played it. But I just oh, yeah, haven't I played it lately. And then you talk about it. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I should play that again. Yeah. And then I haven't. And I was like, oh, yeah. So then I was like, I should play that again. But, yeah, it is such a neat game. It's it a, a while, neat looking game. Um, and it's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. That's that's a great pick, Carla. Yeah. Well, those are good. We had three. Yeah, three crossovers. crossovers. Wow. Which don't happen with us all that often just because we nope. seem to play such different games. Yeah. But with the little games we tend to have I guess we'll we'll have more than Yeah, we do enjoy a lot of those similar. Yeah. For sure. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, um our next topic depending on we have a couple guests lined up possibly, so those might pop in, but yeah. if not then we are looking at um our top Farming games. Yes. That was a hard one for me. <laughs> I have, those are like some of my favorite games and to put those in order was tough, but I finally did it. Yeah. <laughs> I have that one ready, but yeah. But if, if something else sneaks in there, because we have, like I said, a couple guests that we're looking at, at interviewing and not sure when that will be, mm -hmm. that could be the next one as well. Yes. I won't say what or who. Yeah. But until next time, where can people find you? So we have a Discord. Be sure to check us uh, out on Discord, um, and we'll have the link below. I am on Facebook at Mel's Board Game Room. My Instagram is Mel's underscore board game underscore room. 
Um, and my YouTube channel is Mal's Board Game Room. And speaking of YouTube, actually, Carla, let's mention we were um, oh, introducing yeah. Best Art in the um, Board Game Barbecue uh, Awards. Um, so you can see us in their little award video, which was so neat, actually, yeah. Yeah. to kind of go through yeah. all the different categories. And then, and then there's the two little Canadians in there. Um, I know. <laughs> I felt was, so honored, but it was looking neat. at their guests, right? I was like, they had some really top-notch guests. I was like, oh, I watch like, it. Oh, I watch oh. them. Oh, I was. Oh, wow! How did we make yeah. it? <laughs> I know. I was surprised because they had emailed us and or had messaged us on um, Instagram, and I was like, oh, wow! It's yeah, like at GameCon. It was to. funny too because I was talking yeah. with Gord about Santorini, and I was taking pictures. Like, I hope you guys don't mind. I just want to take a picture, and I'm taking a picture. And then he puts his face in there, and I take a picture, and I was like, oh, I love this game. I'm so excited. And I was like, the new one looks great. Blah blah blah. And then he's like. Melanie, do you know who I am? I was like, yeah, Gordon, I know you are. I don't think we've officially, <laughs> but he knew who I was. <laughs> I was like, so introduced. Oh, really? And then Gavin Brown came up too, because he's the owner of Roxley, or one of the owners of Roxley, and then also the co-designer for Dice Throne. And he's like, it is so great to finally meet you. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. wow, I feel so big. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was neat. Yeah. 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 No, but yeah, so be cool. sure if you haven't had the chance to go check out that award show because it was super cool. So it was like all like best lightweight game, best medium game, best heavy game, best art. Um, I forget what the other solo game. Yeah. Game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of things. It's cool. Yeah. yeah no, it was really neat. Mm-hmm. So be sure to go and check them out. And if you don't follow them yet, be sure to go and follow Board Game yeah, Barbecue because they're great. Is awesome. Yeah. Just the Australian accent yeah. alone. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> just sit there and listen. Oh, Sometimes, so like, cool. <laughs> yeah, and like, oh wait, I gotta rewind it. I don't even know what I what, what they, they said. Were just <laughs> just... <laughs> their voices. <laughs> Do you think anybody says that about our accent? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Oh, do you hear them Canucks? We don't so have lovely. an accent. No. Oh, talk for yourself. <laughs> you know how you never think you have an accent? You know, I was talking, I was like, know. we were at Malcon, and I have the game Amsterdam, which I have a really mm-hmm. hard time with because I always put an H in front of it. Hamsterdam. Uh. And everybody's <laughs> like, oh, what game is that about hamsters? And I was like, no, it's the city. Hamsterdam. <laughs> so yeah, there's that accent. It's not, it's not lovely. <laughs> Yeah, your French accent is Ooh. nice, but yeah, yeah, nice. I can hear that. Yeah, jeez, English accent or Canadian accent. Yeah, I don't, I don't hear it. <laughs> well, we, we wouldn't, I guess. So that's right. Now, how about you? Where can we yeah. find you? All right, I'm on Instagram at Board Game Specialist, all one word, and Facebook. I have a page called Red Deer Board Game Fanatics. But until next time, thank you all for listening. Bye for now. Bye.